seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 158 of Color of Magic, your magic and gaming podcast, where we talk about all types of issues that affect gamers at and away from their gaming tables and computers. As always, I am your host, Daquan Watson, and for 158 episodes, I have my main man, Brian Allen, who is not dealing with near the air quality I am today. How's it going, dude? Good, and I guess that's the first time in a while where your air quality has probably been, uh, <laughs> been worse than Dallas. Yeah, it is garbage up here. The whole Northwest is having trouble because of all the forest fires and everything else going on. Like, it is terrible. Like, I mean, just haze all through the air. It's It's been that way for a couple of days, but it got real bad in the last, like, 24 yeah. to 36 hours. That's now, unfortunate. The good news is we do have some fall slash winter weather starting to roll in. So sometime in the next two days, we're supposed to get some rain, and that'll... That'll not only help get the junk out of the air, but it'll also help with the fires a bit. So hopefully we get some extended rain off and on for the better part of a week, and that should help solve the problem. It never rains for a week. What is the saucery you speak of? Shoot, come move up here. It'll, <laughs> it'll be off and on rain for sometimes three weeks at a time. Not, But but let me be fair. Like I, I The longer I live up here, I think the idea of it rains all the time in the Northwest is a conspiracy to get people not to move here. Cause like it, it drizzles and like, it might be wet in the air, but it ain't really rain. And even sometimes it only lasts for like 10, 15 minutes. And then, you know, won't be anything the rest of the day. So like you'll get lots of spots of rain, but it's not what you think of when you think rain, right? It's not, that that musty air you get right before it happens, you don't see all the lightning and hear the thunder and you know the literal sheet of rain for 30, 40 minutes at a time. Like that doesn't like that's happened maybe once since I've been here. I remember and Tony, Tony Tony told us it never rained in Southern California. I don't know if it's been tested, but not not a lot. I say that there's a reason they pay those prices down there. The weather stays good. That's part of why we got the fires. They need a little bit more rain. For real. For real. And it's only getting drier, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, there's different lakes and stuff we're seeing down around Nevada and stuff that yeah, they don't even know if families are going to be able to still be there in another couple of years. They're finding all sorts of dead bodies and things in Lake Mead because, of course, Las Vegas. Yeah. Dude, I just saw a video before we went live like a couple hours ago. Like a chick was, I guess, doing magnet fishing, which I guess is just people trying to find things in the river or whatever. I was she gonna say, a, are they attempting to dig up magnet? I'm not, not familiar with magnet fishing, but dude, she found a bunch of like mobster type guns. Yeah, in Chicago, mm -hmm. and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Who would be? We we might finally find Jimmy Hoffa at the rate we're going. Maybe I mean, it was crazy though. I mean, she had a lot, and I'm like, yeah, doesn't surprise me. People just run along the bridge, toss some stuff in the water. Like it's gonna be hard to find it. Uh, but yeah, crazy stuff. Well, before we get into today's show, because we have a pretty good spread of topics today to talk about, y'all need to pay some love to our show sponsor, Cardsphere.com. They are great folks over there. And I mean that genuinely. And what people don't know about Cardsphere, really, is that they're only like a three-person operation. And they do all that. Like, they, they respond to all the admin issues and everything. You know, if you got questions, they're on social media doing stuff. 
Like they're they're really getting it done with just a couple of people. So you know, credit to them because it's not like so, a place. What was that? Let me say. So they're a three man band, baby. For all yeah, exactly. ten people that will get their reverence. Yeah, that's true. That's that's an old reference. People will not get, but. If you if you go look up three man band in wrestling and you'll get it, it it'll well, make two, more thir- sense. two thirds of them became world champions. It's just frightening. That is true. That is real. But yeah, if you haven't checked out Card Sphere, go give them a look. They're a great place to buy and sell cards. Cool site that's very different, and you'll get some articles from our man Brian over there occasionally. So go pay them some love over at CardSphere.com. And if you want to just support us directly, you can go over to patreon.com slash color magic and want to give some love to two new patrons we got this past week, Trevor Campbell and Wesley Ingers. Thank you for coming on board and being one of our peeps. Pips, maybe. We still ain't got nothing. Y'all got to give us better suggestions. I don't know where we're at on that. Crayons, that's weird because it's colors. Like, I don't know. We got it. There's something. We got something. But anyway, thank y'all for coming and supporting our Patreon. And if you want to get some stuff for yourself, you want to get some tokens some playmats and rep our stuff out in the world, go check out colorofmtg.com slash shop. All right. So let's get into the soapbox here because I actually have a real gripe this week. And my my problem here, and, and this is a tough one, because I'm not going to lie, because the petty part of me wants to call out the company, but the professional part of me says like, all right, I ain't going to do that. If you know, you know, if you follow me on socials, you probably saw it. But I was being funny and started a thread about really enjoying playing commander, but the process of like building and sleeving the deck or whatever, it just doesn't excite me. It's not my thing. It's the main reason one of the decks I've played the most of the deck I've had for like 15 years and I've just updated it constantly instead of making a pile of new decks. And then people started talking about stuff. And one person mentioned, like, hey, I, I like double sleeving or whatever, but I have trouble finding deck boxes that fit my double sleeve deck with my tokens or whatever, or with the pile of tokens. So I'm like, oh, well, I like these types of sleeves and this over at Ultra Pro. You know, you can get deck boxes there or whatever. And I tagged Ultra Pro. And on one of them, I even put hashtag sponsored with like this winky face or whatever, because I'm like, obviously, I got to make a sales pitch for the people helping me pay bills, whatever, you know, one of those types of things. And this other brand, again, not going to call them out. If you know, you know. They hop in and they're like, well, we make this type of deck box and it fits in our whatever other products and blah, blah. And I'm like, bruh did you really and not only that it's not even like he responded to the person he obviously responded where i could see it so you could have at least done the professional courtesy and remove me from the tweet but it was like i'm here making a sales pitch for one of my sponsors and you for real or your social media manager or whoever this person is but they're tagged with the company's official thing in their avatar so i don't know they hop in and start trying to make a sales pitch for some other products. So now I get put in a spot because I'm like, do I call this person out? Because I probably have the right to, but I also know some people, even some friends of mine, are fans of this brand. So I know I'm going to look like the jerk if I try to say something. And then I'm like, okay, well, should I send them a private message and be like, what was that about? 
Because at the same time, I don't know, some future world, maybe I need to do a partnership thing with them for something. So now I'm in a weird spot because I don't want to necessarily damage that if I don't have to, but they kind of started it. So then I just take the next step and I'm like, okay, I grab one of the Ultra Pro deck boxes I'm talking about. I show the only double sleeve deck I have in it with tokens and stuff. And I share a couple pictures just to bring it back to the fact of like, hey, we're really talking about Ultra Pro products. And here's some samples of how this stuff works and looks or whatever to get it back on track. And then they didn't respond with anything beyond that. So maybe they got it. I don't know, whatever. But it just felt really weird, man, like from a professional level. Like, because again, I expect it from just the average person. Like, you might have seen that. Yeah, and you might have know any better. Yeah, you might have just been like, hey, I'm going to help this person out and let them know the deck box I use because it's helped me out and it fits or whatever, right? Get it. Totally. But the same way that when I see somebody else mention something about, I don't know, Dragon Shield or whoever, I don't go on and be like, well, I use these things from Ultra Pro. You should check these out. Here's a link. You get 5% if you use my, or whatever, right? Like, that just feels weird. I, even if I wanted to respond, I would have just sent them, I, I would have went to their profile and probably sent them a DM or at least tagged them somewhere else on my own thread and just be like, hey, follow me so I can send you a DM, you know, about sleeves or deck boxes or whatever it is. I wouldn't have included it on the other thread. Like that, that it just very, feels very unprofessional. It feels that way because it is. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so, man. Like it, and it shouldn't bug me that much, but I think it bothered me specifically because, and it's not, and I'm not even like this isn't even like an up and coming brand nobody knows about. You know what I mean? Because I at least, even though if I don't agree, I at least get it. When you're new and you're scrappy and you're just trying to get some people to put eyes on you, or whatever. Like I get it. You're gonna make some decisions just because you're you're trying to make a go of it. But this is a company that has a reasonable following already. Like, they even sponsor some creators, I think a podcast. Like, it, it just seemed really unnecessary. So I was like, okay, so now, and like I said, I think it bothered me more because I got put in a position of now I have to make a decision on how to deal with this because you and your people were unprofessional. And or possibly cost my brand that my business partner a sale or more and me possibly some commission dollars. You know what I mean? So it's just like, there's nothing good about you posting here that I should be okay with this. Now, obviously I can go in and hide the reply and all that. But the problem is once people responded to them, now I look like the bad guy because they're going to go to reply and they're going to see that the other thing's been hidden or whatever. And it's just like, Oh, well that's weird. Yeah. So I mostly left it alone. I ended up just sharing those pictures responded to the person, you know, told them the whole deal, like, hey, go to the site, use my code, you can save 5%, whatever. And it's mostly done, honestly. It, in the end, it's not a huge deal. It just felt really ugly at the moment. So, like, y'all, we're adults. Let's just be professional out here. That's all. All right, that's all I got. Well, as I'm sure you know, or, or I don't know, for the for the voter numbers, what people don't know, but we are coming up on uh, elections and lo- local and national. And I saw a local where they're talking about the school district and trying to explain uh, why we don't need to, to to vote for this bond package 
to give the district all this money because they, they, they could easily save $200 million if they listened to me. And so they posted their whole line item. And this is how this is how this district could save $200 million and they wouldn't need to ask us for any money. And it's just a shows how little people understand about how government and taxes work. The first line item they put on their budget for why the district doesn't need any money is what the first thing they should do is convince all of the parents who have taken their kids out of the school district to put their kids back in the district. Once you do that, you get an extra $20 million. Wait, you didn't explain how? <laughs> you didn't give one step as to how you will can conv- convince, depending on the size of the school district, let's say ten to 15,000 people who haven't sent their kids there that they should just bring their kids back. And also, one of the suggestions for saving money was fire almost the entire communications department. So who would you get <laughs> to tell them why the district was good? <laughs> Other recommendations were that I think they wanted to cut all the teachers' salaries, get rid of almost all the administrators, and this. Well, yeah, by that rationale, if we, I think they closed the school without asking anybody, it's like, okay, tell you what, if you close all the schools, the district doesn't need anybody. But then kids don't learn anything. Man, I got to tell you, I don't, I don't miss living down in a place where education is valued so little. Right. Really, and it sucks because I'll tell you, like outside of, you know, the three or four big schools everybody wants you to go to, education's not valued down there. And even then, they only want you to go there for football and basketball. Like, let's be real about it. So it, it's, it's so sad. It's tough. And so we've talked about it before with the library systems and everything else. It's just, I don't know what nobody you do, wants man. To, nobody wants to give schools any money, and but they want schools to hire more teachers, and you know, and offer more classes, and it, it's it is mind boggling. And they want yeah. all they're doing, I guess, apparently for free because they don't want you to raise any taxes to do it. Yeah, but the other things we spend that on is absurd. Yeah. Now, if the, if the football team needs a new stadium, hey, immediately, you know, give them oh, ten see, million dollars. That's the bad part when you have. People in our cultures where you're talking about like the band nerds and the drama nerds and everything else, like we just need like an extra thousand dollars for this thing so we can, I don't know, afford buses for the weekend for this competition. They're like, I don't know. But then you're like, yeah, but we need like $10 million to build a new football stadium. They're like, you got it. We'll do boosters. We'll do fundraisers. We'll do like, like, wait a minute. (laughs) Like... Like, really? You're going to tell me them same boosters and all these people that couldn't come up with $1,000 all of a sudden are cool? Hell, not only that, in many cases, your taxes go up a tenth of a percent or whatever to help fund that new stadium. It's like, man, come on. And I saw one or even the the brand new shiny $5 million stadium started cracking within about two years because apparently there was some standard contract that they had paid again. You know what that was? The nerds put a hex on you. That's what I was about. You should have given the nerds them thousand dollars. Is that what it is? Not just substandard contracting, but the nerds put a hex on you. Should have we'll gone with that. Should have taken care of the nerds. That's what it was all about, right? Hell, as it turned out, we were right. The nerds kind of run the world now. Like oh, yeah. we we get all the entertainment dollars, we get all the cool things in the stores, and like people are following nerd trends now. So it's just like I don't. We kind of won in the long run. <laughs> 
Like you put up with like 15 years worth of crap. Don't get me wrong to get there. But like it was kind of worth it. But all right. All that said and done. It's that time of the week where we're going to share what we learned last week. And I think we have some pretty fun and interesting things this week. So, Brian, what do you got? All right. uh, David Mann, who you may know from uh, numerous Tyler Perry uh, movies and shows. Mr. Brown, if you know, if if, if you've seen his character, you know, very funny guy. And he's uh, gone public the fact that he is battling depression and went to see a therapist and especially in the black community, that is not often a thing that we do. It is oftentimes not how we were raised. You know, don't be going to tell all people your business. You don't need that. You just, you just need to pray about it more, you know, or you just need to, just need to be strong. Or just any number of excuses that don't actually help you deal with, with trauma or with mental illness. So kudos to him for first of all going public and letting letting especially our community know that it's not only okay it's important to go do that if you had any kind of physical illness you know if you had if you had cancer i would hope you wouldn't try to just power through that or pray that away but we're so many of us were, were raised and taught to believe that that's what we should do if we have some kind of mental trauma yeah, and and it's tough because I do remember in the early months of us starting. Yeah, I say the early months of us starting the show, like we're that old. But I mean, I'm almost three years old, I guess. But yeah, you know, I think in those early months, there were a few people of color that reached out and were a bit concerned for that very same reason of just like you don't really talk about a lot of these things. Are people really going to get it? You know, are how are you going to be viewed? Is it just going to be you whining? You know, whatever. So I, I get it, you know, that you need those people to come out and make those statements and talk about it or whatever to normalize a lot of it. Because without those people doing it, it's going to be the same as it was before. You know, we got to have more of those conversations. And I'm glad it's becoming more common than it used to be. I think there's still a lot of pockets of the culture. It, honestly, even among Hispanic culture with a lot of my Hispanic friends, like I hear about it from them a lot. But you, we need need to just normalize it on all levels. And I'm not saying much, every single person. George Lopez, you know, why are you crying? <laughs> but, dude, that's how it was, though. Right? Like, I don't worry about it. You're good. You know, it'd be gone tomorrow, whatever. And I'm not saying every single person needs to go out and get a therapist. Every single person may not be able to afford it. But at the very least, you need to talk to somebody about some stuff. Yeah. Right? Like, it don't need to be pinned up for years at a time. Yeah, that, it's, that just it's okay bad. to not be okay, especially now. Is you know, the, oh, the, the world sure. is not okay in so many. And you know as well as I do, we see that from content creators a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that's what leads to a lot of burnout for people. Yeah. You know, it's not just doing the same thing over and over, or not liking what you do. It's just like they hit a stress point and they don't even feel like they can talk about it. Because we've all gone through a trauma, and I feel like you know we tried to get through it collectively. It's hard because yeah. we obviously don't all agree about the way to get through it. Some of us, as we talked a little bit about on the uh, patron show, some of us think it's all a conspiracy put together yeah. by, by, by the media, which is unbelievable. But you know, some well, people for those do of us, for those of us who believe that the pandemic was real and that climate change is real and the numerous things that, that we are going through in society are really happening. <laughs> this has been a hard time. Yeah, I agree. And, but again, like, you know, like I was saying, I think depending on 
our lot in life, you know, our career paths. I think there's still a lot of belief that like, I have to keep a certain image, you know, like, and I'm usually a pretty positive person, whatever, but there will be a time. I don't know. Maybe it's next month. Maybe it's two years from now, but there will be a point where I hit some level of stress and you know what? I'm just going to talk about it. I'm not going to keep it to my, like if my, here's the way I see it. If I have a viewer at this point, who's followed me for over two and a half years. And I happen to have a day or two where I'm like, man, I don't know. My animal died. My car broke down. I don't know. My microwave blew up. Yeah, like whatever. Right. Four or five things in a row that are just rough. And I just have to talk about it because it stressed me out or making me feel crappy emotionally, whatever. And you can't handle that. Then you weren't a supporter of mine. You know what I mean? Like you, you were around where everything was great and positive, whatever. The minute I'm not that you're gone. I don't even care that you're gone. Like, I really wouldn't. I mean, we see that in a lot of places in life, though. You know, one of the things you hear a lot, especially in like sports and stuff, is like winning covers up a lot of problems. You know, when you're doing well and you're making money and everybody's happy with you and whatever, you awesome. But the minute that money slows down, those wins go away, some attitudes change, you find out who's really there for you. Hell, I, you know what the best example of that was? MC Hammer. Do you ever read his story or see his bio he put out? Uh, I did not. Like at his peak, he was employing like tons of people. Like all those dancers and whatever, those were out of his personal money. Like he was getting people basically, I, I won't say like off the streets, but you know, very underprivileged, whatever, training them up to be dancers or whatever, taking them on the road around the world and whatever. The minute he started losing money or didn't get re-signed a contract, ghost town. And I'm like, this dude literally gave you a new life. And the minute he's like, hey, sorry, y'all, we're not going to get to do all the touring or whatever anymore. They were just like, cool, deuces. Left him on his own. One of the stories I heard about that, you know, is Arsenio Hall walked up to some guy. Obviously, saw the whole honor. You, you can see, like, okay, this guy's dancing. This guy's, you know, beatboxing. He saw one guy just clearly didn't seem to have any purpose. He wasn't working security. He literally wasn't. So he just followed up to the guy. He couldn't figure it out. So, so bro, what do you do here? I stay here on stage and my arms followed up like this. Yeah, but, but why? What is your job? And he's like, Hammer found out I had no job. So he paid me to stand on stage with my arms folded up like this. That's what I'm saying, dude. He was taking care of people. So even somebody like that had all the people ditch him because the good times changed. And he he took that. He said, man, I immediately learned, you know, like some people just don't matter no matter how much you try to help them, whatever. And I think that's a hard lesson for a lot of people. But I, you know, especially from creators, you know, we see that. Hell, actually... And and you talked about, it, you know, just so we do mention it here on the show, like, but all the stuff that happened with Amaranth last week, right? One of the things she said was she never wanted to talk about it or bring it up or whatever, because she didn't think anybody was going to care. And that's just, that's sad. You know, like, and she's literally has what, like 5 million followers on, yeah. on, on Twitch or whatever. And I'm like, that's rough. How can you think that literally out of 5 million people, you're not going to get any support? 
Well, as you look at the situation you just described. Exactly. Okay, she and, she and, got five million. How how many did Hammer have at his peak? Oh yeah, who knows? Probably hundreds of millions. Uh, yeah. But that that's the crazy part of all of it. You know, it, even at that level, like a, like, like a curse word, especially the rap industry. Man, that sounds like MC Hammer. When y'all know, a, a year before gangster rap came out, everybody was bumping Hammer. People yep. were trying to wear the baggy pants. I mean, it was just please <laughs> Hammer, don't hurt them. Right. <laughs> and I'm sorry, yeah. so, so, that stuff still slaps. I still sometimes turn. Can't touch this again. Come on. Hey, dude, too legit to quit is still a, still a hit. Right? <laughs> but yes, I, I but I get it though, you know, like it, and it's hard to see that in our communities in general. Like it, it happens all across gaming. You know, and I think a lot of times when you see people that you follow just disappear and they're not doing content for a while, it's tough because they would for a lot of them, it's easier to just walk away and not say anything to anybody than it is to say like hey here's why i'm stepping away but i'll be back or explain things or whatever and then everybody feels unfulfilled i, I was know? talking about somebody the other day at the content creator where it just feels almost like we're you know almost like the, the, that trained circus animal where they don't care what happened to us outside of you know it could, it could be death of the family it could be like you said any number of personal things that went on in my case you know multiple computers blowing up or whatever that just Sometimes, well, yeah, it's great. When's it, when's the stream coming out? You know, when's when's this thing happening? It's just, and you know, that that's part of what I, I think you're hitting on a lot of things there. That people just think, okay, nobody's gonna care. I'm just here for entertainment. And it comes back to the stuff I've talked before. When I've I've literally had people say, oh, well, if you do this, you're gonna lose some number of followers, or whatever. And I'm like, okay, cool. Then I don't care. Like. I've said before from the beginning, I am not trying to get every single person on the internet. That's a dumb goal because it's never going to happen. Mr. Beast just hit 100 million subscribers and he doesn't even have one-tenth of one percent of everybody on the internet. Right? So, not going to happen. Actually, it's not true. He probably has like one percent of all the people. Who knows? But, (laughs) But it's a big old number. Right? So, my thing is, I want to get a certain audience and I create my content and the, my perspective and the way I speak about it to get a certain person who feels a certain way about similar topics, who wants to support certain causes, who actually care about other people that are in my discord. You know, those are who I'm after. And if it means I grow slower or it means I don't get certain benefits or whatever from it or whatever, then I just won't. And that's okay. Because at the end, I have a better community. I have more people that support each other, looking out for each other, you know, helping introduce the game to people, all that, right? There's way more benefits than just trying to get every view and every person or whatever. That's just not my goal. Never has been, even when I had my business. You know, I told people like they're, if somebody was just mad and they didn't fit or they were causing a problem, like, cool, I don't care how much they spent in my store, right? Don't, don't need you. I, I'll learn addition by subtraction. You know what I mean? Like, like that's a fine thing. But yeah, so it's cool to see somebody like man coming out and just saying like, hey, here's a real thing that's going on and a real thing I'm dealing with. Because I think the more situations we have out there where people are talking about it, it makes it easier for the next person. 
Uh, on a different note, something a little more positive. We got nominated again for the Magic Content Creator Awards. So, Woo-hoo! yeah, I happened to be online, I guess this was three days ago. And I was working on something, probably editing a video. And I just got a random message and saw it was tagged in something on Twitter. And I was like, well, what's this about? And I went and clicked on it. And it was a promo video putting up all the nominees for each category and got nominated for all the same stuff again. So my stuff on the YouTube, on streams, got nominated. And then the show, Color of Magic, was nominated for podcast. And I'm on the People's Choice Award list and Content Creator of the Year list. So people's champ. Trying, trying my best. Now, honestly, being real, the list of like the quality of content from creators has gone up even in a year. I mean, across the board, everybody and honestly, I think I think that's going to continue being a trend. I think as we're all learning things and we're all sharing information. And, you know, people are also, I would say the average viewer also has less tolerance for bad content, right? Because there's a bunch of quality stuff out there. Like you don't have to put up with garbage, right? You, everybody has a little bit of wiggle room when you're new, right? Like you come across a channel and you're like, okay, I see them trying. And this is kind of a cool idea. I might follow them for a little bit, see where they go. But if you get six months down the road and you haven't upped your game, people just bounce. You know, and I don't think people realize that there was a point in time where you used to be able to just fire up a game. And if you had a decent personality, some people might come watch you on a stream. You know, you might build up two, three thousand viewers on YouTube. That ain't the case anymore. Like you've got to show your expertise, you know, why somebody should come follow you. What what are you doing to enhance somebody's life? How entertaining are you being? But I think people are figuring it out a little bit more. Still, I think we have a long way to go as gamers as a whole, but I do see some of the new regime saying like, hey, I'm seeing how some of these new trends are changing and what some of the new people are doing that are having success. And they're starting to follow that a little bit, you know, and honestly, I get to pat myself on the back a little bit. Because, again, we've talked about before where I had a bunch of people tell me this crazy thing I want to do isn't really going to work that way because that's not how people do magic videos or whatever. Yet, you know, here I am at 21,000 subscribers while they're at like half that. So whatever. But what I've noticed is some of the things I've done and added, other people have started doing and adding, which is cool. Like, you know, flattery, awesome, you know, no problem with that. But seeing that things are working and there are trends changing enough that other people are adopting it really says a lot, you know, that we don't have to be stuck doing what we're doing. Now it's just an innovation game. Who comes up with the most interesting content in the most fun way to view it next? And then that person's going to get a big bump or whatever. But more than anything, if I tell people, you know, don't be wrong. Look, first, let me say thanks because all the nominations are insanely ridiculous and humbling, honestly, because the list that I'm on with some people, I look and go like, how? How do I even end up here? <laughs> like, like, and not even in that like unbelievable way, but really just like there are so many good creators. Like it's it's wild to me still to think I deserve to be on some of these lists with people. Like even on Twitter, I get people who'll be like, "Oh, 
this person in Power Dragon, two of my favorite creators. And I'm thinking this other person, I'm not even in their stratosphere. You know, <laughs> like, like I appreciate the compliment, but, you know, I got a long way to go. But I guess it just means that I, I, we've hit on something, right? We've done something right. We're different on some level and getting people to pay attention to things. And that's kind of half of what content is. So I'll, I'll take the win. But thank you for whoever did go out and nominate because we didn't talk about it on the show, maybe but briefly one time as a mention. Even on Twitter, I think I maybe retweeted the initial things when they put it out. And that was it. I didn't talk about it. Like last year, we did a little bit of campaigning, you know. But this year, I didn't do any. I'm just like, I'm just going to let it do what it does. And people still voted and nominated. So that feels really good that we got those even without going way out of our way to get people to vote. So I don't know who you were, but we're thankful. That's all I can really say. But with that out of the way, let's get into some news that's going to be a lot less fun today. All right. So we talked about this cosplay thing a few times with Magic 30. And it started out like, okay, cosplay, cool, that's neat. They're going to have a contest. Like, oh my gosh, they announced the prizes and they were terrible. Oh, hey, they learned from it. And they're going to go and give like way more in prizes now. And there's like future consideration stuff. Awesome. Now we're back to the show as of this recording is like 10 days away. And people don't even know if they've been approved to be in the cosplay contest yet. I don't even know how that's possible. yeah you do you you do i know it should be but we've seen this before here's my thing though right like they submitted what like eight weeks ago or something like it was near the beginning of when magic 30 got announced so a while ago and they had to also prove that their outfits were already 50 percent done when they put in the application so They've already committed some amount of time or money or effort or whatever to even prove that have if I get approved by the time the show starts, I will have a completed outfit, which in and of itself, I'm not a huge fan of doing it that way. But if that's your plan to only allow certain people or whatever, and you want to make sure they're at least putting the best foot forward, I get it. But at least be prepared to respond to the people. Because this is like if you waited even these extra two weeks while people are waiting for responses. If somebody hasn't booked their hotel room and flight yet, that could potentially cost them an extra at this point already, probably another $400. And it's only going to get more expensive as we get closer to the day. And then we're back to the prize money won't even cover it. If you wait too long. Exactly. So I'm like, why? Cause here, cause here's the other thing. The other solution is, just let everybody enter the cosplay contest who wants to. Cause, cause you know, and we talked about this off the air, but like how many people do you think were really going to sign up for the cosplay contest? What a hundred. And that would be a big number for the size of the event we're expecting. I'd imagine, but let's say it is a hundred, right? And you have your panel of, I think it is five judges. I think. What if you just had them all show up and just do a pre-judging? They show up to some ballroom at a neighboring hotel, or you just make space at the convention center or event center you're at or whatever, and just have them come through. You set a three, four-hour window aside so you can have a break in the middle for the judges, and just have them give two or three minutes a person, quick judge their stuff. They they come up, walk the catwalk, turn around, you give them a score, boom. How you doing? Keep it moving, Right. 
And then at the end of the 100 judging or whatever, you go, okay, we're going to take the top 10 from every category and they're going to walk the stage in front of everybody and we'll do the full questions and, you know, the full cosplay ordeal in front of everybody and give the prizes on Saturday or Sunday or whatever. Right. Would have been easy. You don't even have to waste the time doing all the prejudging. You put all the judging responsibility on on the actual judges that you're paying to be there or whatever. Seems like a great deal. Like, I don't like if you're going to add an extra step. Then you should be prepared to deal with the extra step. I think that's my problem. Right. Because it would have been easy to just pay for an extra room or ballroom or whatever for half a day. You could get a half day rate. Or pay hourly for four to five hours, maybe six hours to give yourself some room to set up and break down or whatever if you need to. And that's it. Like you could have done it there and not even have to worry about any of this. So now that you did, you have all these people and a bunch of people who aren't even going to make it, mind you. They've also had to put stuff on hold because they can't schedule or plan anything for family work, whatever, because they may have to go to Vegas. So now you have a bunch of people waiting who are going to get selected that now have to figure out their arrangements. And then the other half who are not planning things or plotting things for their life or whatever, because they're waiting to find out if they're going to make it and then they're not. So nobody wins in this scenario. I think that's my problem. Like we are now at the point that nobody wins. I mean, I guess technically somebody's going to win some money at the cosplay contest or whatever the day of. But as far as through this process, it's just bad for everybody at this point. It created more work for somebody at Wizards, probably somebody's plural. People who aren't going to win have now pushed, missed opportunity probably at this point. Because if you've passed up on taking another project or doing something or taking extra work hours, whatever, that's long gone, right? You're not going to get to schedule that inside of what by the time people listen to this probably seven to nine days right it's just not going to be a thing it, it just gets harder and, and harder like you said to to put off something else to to plan on a project working with wizards because things like this keep happening yeah it's tough it's tough because you know last into last month i guess it was like 27 28 whatever when they put out the announcement on we're gonna give you these extra prizes whatever it's like cool now we're all excited about the cosplay thing again Right, you're gonna get your best competitors. They're gonna be really competing for something. They can go all out. This is gonna be awesome. And then now we're back to being upset about it again. <laughs> it's literally been a roller coaster with this thing. And it's just like, why though? Like, it could have been such easy, good PR. And yes, here we are re- reaming the cosplay contest again for the second time in what two, three weeks. I think that's what bugs me is that it was such an easy PR win. And and I've run a cosplay contest at my own conventions. Now, admittedly, they weren't huge. They had like 20 participants or whatever. But like, there's ways you can do this, even at scale. There wasn't a neat, like, they literally could have just called me and said, hey, will you help manage this or whatever? I guarantee you, I would have had it all taken care of within a, one week. We'd have had responded to everybody. We'd already picked our winners. We'd have talked about it how it's going to go down, how to contact the judges and let them know. They would have had all the info on the people that did submit so they could start having an idea of what's going to be there. Done. Like, it wouldn't have been a problem. So the only thing, and I'm hoping, I'm benefit of the doubt, one or two of the people involved or were necessary to the process, Lord help them, but they probably got sick or something. That's the only good explanation there is. 
And it's not even good explanation, but it's at least yeah, an explanation. I was going to say, it's not like this is a company that has nine employees. Yeah, but I'm saying, <laughs> but it's at least a somewhat acceptable reason. Anything beyond that, like, why? Unless, unless, now that I just thought about this, if they go the extra mile, which I don't think they will, but if they go the extra mile and say, hey, because we waited, we're going to pay for your flight or whatever to... Vegas. And then they're just eating the bill or reimbursing you or whatever, saying like, hey, we get it. We took a long time. We're picking these whatever, 20 people or whatever it is, and we're just going to pay for you just to make it easy because it's this is on us. Then it still sucks, but it hurts a lot less. You know what I mean? Like, then I think we could go, all right, took way longer than it should have, but this is a quality make good. I don't think anybody now. I don't think that's going to happen. No, but if it I does, would not bet on that. But if it does, I think we'd be okay with that. We wouldn't wouldn't love it, but we would at least look and go. You know what? Good guy, wizards for acknowledging you effed up, spending some good money to make it easy on people and still make a quality contest out of this. Like that, I think we could live with. But short of that, at this point, I don't know what they do to save face because now, and like, and I follow a couple of the cosplayers on social media and they are stressing dog. It's hard to blame them. Yeah. Like I, like I'm you with said, you. this is supposed to be a huge thing. As you said, people I'm sure rearrange their work schedule, their family. I mean, this is what Halloween weekend. So yes. people probably have kids. Exactly. Like that's the other thing. Like they've given up the opportunity to do other stuff. Cause they have to leave this blocked off. They can't make plans. They can't prep anything with family or whatever. Waiting on this. They could have been out there waiting for the great pumpkin to rise up out of that pumpkin patch. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they could have been in some corn mazes. The headline, Wizards of the Coast is the great pumpkin. Nope. They could have been in the corn mazes. They could have been bobbing for apples or whatever. Like there could right. be a billion things they could be doing. Right. So that that's the part that sucks. It's just we've now gotten to a point that I don't think anybody Again, short of them helping with expenses or something, whatever. Like, I don't, I don't think anybody's going to be happy with, with this outcome. And again, they buy their, they are the ones that set the date even. And said, here's the deadline. I believe it was like the 7th. And then said, by like the 12th or the 14th, we would notify everybody who's won. So they're the ones who set the hard guidelines. Yeah. You know, so it's like, come on, man. Even if you needed more time, you should have put two-week window that you get to review them or whatever, but at least set expectations because people are basing plans, expenses, travel, whatever, around your announcement. So, yeah, I don't know. I won't harp on it too much more, but it just could have been easily done a lot better. Well, Brian, I'm sure you saw the bad news. Yeah. We talked about G4. They cut some people. It was kind of like, okay, cool. Well, at least like the bigger celebrities and, you know, the cool segments and stuff were going to live on. And that dream lasted like a week. (laughs) Now, to be fair to G4, it wasn't just them that got cut. They're doing what a lot of companies do when there's an acquisition. They're kind of trimming the fat, if you will. And anything they either aren't familiar with or is going to take a lot of extra effort on their behalf, they're just cutting it all. So that that's a little bit tough. I mean, they, you know what's tough? They didn't even get a full year after the revamp. Yeah, that's that, that's frustrating. 
especially since it went into the ground in the first place because NBC didn't know what their Universal slash Comcast corporate empire had no idea what to do with the property. Yeah, they, they took they took one of the best nerd centric properties in the industry and over the course of a few years just ran it completely into the ground to where it was unrecognizable and then okay they realized their mistake you know it's kind of they look back like man how can we get you know how can we get these consumers that we're not getting that like video games comic books comic book movies g4 really appealed to that demographic what happened to g4 oh yeah dude (laughs) we burned it up Oh, and people like at least of our age at that time, everybody was watching G4 or talking. Attack of the Show was like a thing, right? X Play, yeah. So, like, it's weird. And we even over time, we've seen some of those hosts and whatever end up getting other jobs in Hollywood or do other TV shows. So, it wasn't like these people weren't skilled or weren't quality. Yeah, Olivia Munn's a movie star now. Yeah, exactly. And, right? and X Men and everything. So, it's like these were real personalities. They got like, Credit to the people who actually put together the cast for those shows, because it turns out they did a hell of a job. You know, we just didn't know it at the time. But yeah, yeah. nobody is blaming the content creators or the cast. They were obviously crushing it. G4 or just. But, you know, Comcast didn't know what they were doing again. I think that's it, though, right? You've got a situation where a lot of executives have a show that's doing decent or a network sort of, you know, of, of shows that's doing well and they just don't get it. They're not in touch with it. So they don't understand what to do with it. You know, you know, actually this parallels, this is kind of like what happened at the end of WCW's run on TN TBS, yeah. right? Where you got some new people in charge. They're trying to figure out what to do with all the shows or whatever. And one person's looking at this and going like professional wrestling. Like, how do we promote this? Like who even, how do we put different celebrities and cameos on here? What does this even look like? And eventually they're like, you know what? We just don't want the hassle. We're going to get rid of it. And then five years later, after WWE buys it or whatever, they're like, man, remember when we used to have something that got some real ratings in this time slot? Yeah. (laughs) People threw Monday Nitro parties. I mean, it was great. Yeah. Like, remember when we used to have something that would compete with Monday Night Football? Like, you know, like, but it was exactly that. Like, they, you don't know what you're missing until it's completely gone. And you're like... Oh, yeah. Remember we had this thing, you know, like you're saying, like, hey, we want to appeal to this demographic. And they're like, yeah, we were doing that three years ago. Like, you just gave up on that group. Wrestling fans, video game fans, we are intensely letting in people like you and I are people that fall into both of these categories. Yep. If you give us good content, we'll keep following you around. And and we're going to buy some of the stuff you're advertising because it's video games and Gamer fuel, you know, and Marvel Comics movies. We, we we all we want you to sell us this stuff. You just see, you make it so hard. You know? Dude, I'll be honest. Like for anybody who's not a wrestling fan, I and I get it. Right? You look at it and it just looks so absurd and it's over the top and it's stupid. And it is all those things. <laughs> like just being real, it's overacted. It's silly. It's goofy. Some days it's violent. Like it's it's all those say, things. But the thing is, same people who'll be like, you know, why are you watching that? It's so fake. What's your favorite t- TV show? Supernatural. 
you Dude, know, hey, I tell you people know this, really like, love vampires, right? Let's be real. We all knew John McClane was not in there rescuing those people in that building, right? But right. we watched that over and over. We know it's fake, right? So the idea of just like it's fake, I don't know, like that's stupid. And the reality honestly, shows Survivor is fake. Okay, just but, accept but, it. The thing about wrestling, I will tell people, is that it is choreographed, but hard to call it fake because there's no way to fake. You know, like Edge spearing Mick Foley through a flaming table. Right. Like that just happens. Like you literally, Edge still had second degree burns on his arm backstage when that was done. After competing in a match where he ended up with tacks all in his back, like thumbtacks. I think it was, I was WrestleMania 3. The stats are something that. 25% of the wrestlers who worked WrestleMania 3 are dead now. And yeah. WrestleMania 3 was at this point, what, probably not even 30 years ago. They are some of the best trained stuntmen to be able to do that live. Like, because honestly, last night, this actually happened too. Well, I don't know if you saw, but Hangman, Adam Page. Yeah. He, oh, he that took was, that yeah. clothesline. And it's a move, for those you who don't know, a clothesline is basically you stick out your arm and you run through the person or whatever. Well, it's supposed to be one of the more devastating clotheslines. So Adam Page basically took the hit, but used his own momentum to try to do, for lack of a better explanation, like a armless backflip. Like he's not touching the ground. He's just trying to completely flip and hit the mat. But when he hit it, his head and neck caught the mat in a weird way. And they actually had to stop the match. Like it was just, that's it. We're done. Get him to the back. You know, had to go out on the gurney and all that that stuff still happens in real time. Like we, you and I both, we've seen some ugly injuries happen in real time in wrestling. And some of them are stomach turning unsettling when you see him. It's his leg. Is the yeah. First that one one's a bad one. Guy. I was thinking the other one with Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. When, when he jumped off the, the yeah, that, that one was pretty bad. There's a few, but I tell people like, if you're not watching any of it, pick a show and give it like, three weeks just enough for you to be able to understand a storyline follow a couple of the wrestlers maybe up to a pay-per-view because they normally build up some matches and then the payoff is the pay-per-view every like four to six weeks or whatever and just see and understand what drives people for that culture because right now i would say we're in a weird like renaissance for wrestling because there's you know, all the WWE shows are doing well. AEW is doing well with their stuff. Like, well, Ring of Honor got bought and got revived, technically. You know, New Japan is doing well. Impact Wrestling, except for that garbage promo last week. I don't know if you saw that. That was terrible. Like, but again, talking about how passionate the fans are, when you suck, they let you know. <laughs> right. Because you see that interview last week with, or segment with Bobby Fish and Bubba Ray? I did not. Dude. And I am not exaggerating when I say this. Because the Impact Zone is a smaller arena anyway. Yeah. But they still make a decent amount of noise. Literally, that might be the only time I would say you could hear a pin drop in an arena. <laughs> I'm not going to have to stop this. I'm going to have to go check this out now. And I am not remotely exaggerating. It is quiet. Like, I like Adam Alex Shelley in the ring. He did not deserve to be in the middle of that. He is too good to get caught up in that. Like it was silent. Like I honestly, I expected him to pull the Jeb Bush and be like, "Please clap," because it was it was it was like that, dude. I mean, it was that dead. level of dead. 
I was just like, oh my God, like I have never seen this before. Cause dude, you know, even when somebody's passed and they're doing the, the moment of silence and they're tolling the bell, there's yeah. somebody whispering to somebody next to them. Right. Like you, yeah, you hear some amount of chatter. Like there wasn't there even a that. chant of like, you know, thank you. Whoever. Yeah. Nothing. Like, I mean, literally nothing. As we, we, as we often talked about in wrestling, you want either you, you want cheers or you want, you want some kind of crowd. What you don't want is crickets. Yeah. And that was my point. Like, and that's why I thought about it. Like, even to that point, the fans are letting you know this sucks. Like, it sucks so bad. We're not even giving you. Cheered. You can work with somebody it, that gets booed. Yeah. Crickets is. They weren't even giving him a you suck chant or this is awful or nothing. Yeah. Like or you were Yeah, you were <laughs> so bad that nobody cares about you, your character, your segment. We're just gonna stand here and look at you. Like, I've never seen that before. Yeah. Like, even for scary. characters that people hate, like, I mean, I'm not even talking like kayfabe hate. Like, just we just don't even like you. They at yeah. least boo you, like, as right. a person. There wasn't even that. <laughs> like enough dude i'm not even joking when i when i was watching it i'm like is something wrong with my volume <laughs> like, and then he started talking again and i was like oh no it's just that quiet like, it just sucks yeah and i'm like damn that's awful so yeah like it's a it's a community that's also loaded with nerds though you know a lot of the wrestlers themselves are hell we were talking about Kenny Omega. He his finishing move is called the V trigger. You know, <laughs> it's named after a video game thing. So like all of these guys, you know, hell, um, what's I was gonna say the King of the Ring, <laughs> but Xavier Woods or Austin Creed, he's got a whole YouTube channel that's just about bringing wrestlers on and playing video games, right? And they play a lot of fighter games and you know all this other stuff. So the whole culture is based around nerd stuff. And I think that's why it's easy when you hear us get excited to talk about it. It's kind of cause there's kindred spirits performing, you know? And if you're somebody who, like we said, did drama and this other stuff, it's probably going to speak to you on a lot of different levels, but ultimately it is a, a soap opera just with flashy lights and intros and all that other stuff. Right. But it, it's, it's a soap opera. It's a weekly serial, if you will, of some kind. But yeah, I, I just think it's worth it. But yeah, sucks to see G4 gone, man. I think there's a lot of history there. And sadly, because it's getting closed up with less than a year, I don't think another network's going to pick it up. Yeah, because I don't, th- I still don't think Comcast will ever sell the rights to it. Because who's going to offer him a bunch of money for it? Probably nobody. Yeah, I think the closest you, you would get is some number of the host or some other benefactor n- doing something similar. Yeah. But I don't think doing you're gonna do it good. <laughs> yeah, but I don't. I don't think you're gonna get G four in name. You're not gonna get the na- same shows or whatever. I just don't think it's gonna be a thing. I, I do think that type of show can still succeed. I think that type of network can succeed. But I think, like we talked about before, it almost has to be attached to some kind of one of, one of these other streaming, streaming platforms thing, or yeah. something. Yeah, I think as, it just, as the, the time for cable television is pretty much over. Or honestly, we're starting to see some stuff come up just being like YouTube based or Facebook based. You know, like Red Table Talk is just whatever the Facebook Live or Facebook Watch or whatever they call it. Right. So and that gets a ton of views, by the way. Like that is very successful. That is always what G4 should have been. Should have had an online presence everywhere on Twitch, 
on YouTube, on all social media, doing it as a cable network was just destined to fail. You know what else I miss? And this is something WWE did that did very well on Facebook Watch. It was the mixed tag tournament or whatever. Did you ever see that? Yep. That was fun stuff. Like, and I didn't think it was going to work because I'm like, really? You're going to make people go watch this on social media or whatever? But I caught myself going like, well, let me let me watch a little bit of this, you know? And then before you know it, they're like, oh, yeah, each thing is getting, you know, several hundred thousand views or whatever. And it's just like, oh, well, there you go. So it can totally be done. And we have examples of because even with Red Table Talk, I mean, obviously, it's two big name celebrities that host the show. But ultimately, it was a show nobody knew about when it started. It just kind of popped up on Facebook. And then it over the course of a year, it caught on. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I would like to see something, even if it's not G4, though. I think the nerd community likes having that type of show, even if it's to share the nerd news or have people come on to talk about developing games. Because one of the things I think that's missed is gamers are more mature now. And I, don't, and I mean by age, not by attitude, obviously, in some circles. <laughs> I was going to say, but, gamers you've been talking to. But, I mean, we have a lot that are older. And there's things of, right. like, we kind of want to know about the artists that work on some of our favorite products, right? We kind of want to see more of the voice actors and how they got started. And, like, there's room to have that content. You just got to have somebody go out and make it. I, hell, if somebody's looking for a YouTube channel idea, there you go. Like, all the best voice actors from different video games, you know, the the lead developers on stuff, or whatever. Like, if you had that channel, you'd probably get a bunch like of Chris views. Pratt? Like Chris Pratt? Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, though, let's be real. If you could get a Chris Pratt interview, that's going to get you eyeballs. Well, yeah, definitely. One way or the other. But yeah, let's talk about some other stuff that's going on in Magic right now. So another round of Secret Layer stuff, I guess it's called Secret Layer Drop, when there's a whole bunch of them that come out at once, got announced. And part of it was a section of cards that are done with Post Malone artwork on it, or likeness, I would say, that a bunch of artists have done different renditions on some Magic cards. And honestly, I think this is actually kind of neat, but I was kind of surprised to see how split the community was on this. Like, some people seem, and I think to mostly be bothered just because it's a celebrity being put on a magic card. And I mean, I could get that, you know, cause I, I, I pulled up the list of secret layers they've done recently. And just, if you, you know, it, it, let's say for example, your favorite planeswalker is Nissa Ravain. And maybe you'd like her to headline a secret layer. Cause she's a magic character. You would look, look what we've had recently. Post Malone, uh, Warhammer, you know, they're doing Blood Bowl. Is it Walking Dead? You know, it's... I I, I kind of get it because let's just say you play this game because you like, you know, magic and wizardry. And it's been... These products just aren't for you. Yeah, and that's okay, though. See, I think that's exactly it. Like, not for me doesn't mean I have to be angry at it, though. Because here's the thing. Like, if I were to buy... And I don't even know if I'm going to buy these or not. But if I were, it's mostly just for the long-term investment. Right. They're decent cards. This is kind of a rare thing. I don't know how many times they're going to do something like this. And we've seen secret layers as a whole go up over time. So, like, sure, I, I may buy some for that reason, but I'm not necessarily into the product. Not that I have anything wrong with Post Malone. He turns out that he's a pretty nice guy, honestly. But as far as him being on a magic card, that in and of itself doesn't do anything for me. 
But from a business perspective, it makes sense for Wizard. Well, one, we do remember they made that deal with Post Malone like a year and a half ago or whatever. So this is probably one of many things they're going to be doing together. So they're getting some payoff for their money, which is fine. And we know that Post Malone's likely going to promote it and he'll share it on socials and whatever. And that's going to bring eyeballs and collectors. And they're probably going to make several, a couple hundred thousand dollars off of this being done, right? So business-wise, it makes sense. The other thing for me is, I don't think I have a problem with Post Malone being on cards because it's not like he's not a magic-centric personality, right? We've seen him show up to conventions. He's done several of the major web shows with different people who play Commander. He just We just talked about him doing that contest, you know, was it two, three months ago to give away $100,000 or whatever it was? So it's like he's involved heavily in the magic community. So I, it's not that weird. Now, if they'd have came forward and been like, it's, I mean, it's a little weird because who else is doing anything like this? But no, but that's the thing. Being first doesn't make it weird. Right. I, no, no, that's kind of the definition of weird is something that's never happened before. or Doesn't usually happen. I, I don't know, man. Like I can't be, I can't be bothered by like, here's the thing. What would be weird to me is if we went out and we got, uh, I don't know what, what's his name that plays Creed because I that those ads have started right for Creed three right Michael B Jordan yeah and we're like we're gonna put Michael B Jordan on a bunch of magic cards or whatever and it'd be like okay but why right like as far as we know he doesn't play magic hell he doesn't play D and D or anything that's ever come up so like but as I said again they'd be first because what's another card game that has a whole set based on a celebrity that plays the game I can't think of one they they've appeared on cards before. Like yeah, you might yeah. have, but a whole product based on the fact that, you know, XYZ celebrity plays this game. This is a new thing. Sure. So, you but know, I, I, can't, you but I can't be mad about it. Like I was saying before, like we've seen Josh Gordon-Levitt do interviews and talk about how he plays magic. And Joseph. Joseph. Gordon. I don't know what I said. Yeah. yeah. But he's got. I, I know, we discussed. Uh, you don't know the actor. Name. Exactly. So, so, hey, you got to. I got two out of three of his names right. So there's that. <laughs> That's true. He does have three names. So. But. He's he's even showed he collects Power Nine and all this stuff, right? So if he showed up on cards, I'd be like, okay, he's at least somebody who's involved in the magic community. He gets it. Same way if you'd have taken, I don't know, one of these celebrities like uh, Big Show or Vin Diesel or whatever that do D&D stuff and you want to use their likeness and do a promotion where it like, makes sense, right? We know those people play those games, whatever. But if you just showed up with like, I don't know, a Rihanna set of cards or something. I'd have been like, eh, why are we doing this? This is weird. I'd buy those. I would absolutely buy those. Sure. But I'm like, <laughs> I'll buy three of those. But <laughs> but I understand from a player perspective at that point why it bothers you more. Because this is somebody who has nothing to do with our community and you're just doing it. Right? It's just like, uh, I don't know. So that would bother me more. But somebody, and not only that, like he's been. Posty's been actively putting in time in the magic community for the last, hell, probably the whole pandemic, practically. You know, he's done commercials. You know, he's he's done stories talking about how he showed up on late night interviews wearing magic shirts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so he's very public about his love and interaction of the game. Hell, I think he bought one of the most expensive Black Lotuses as well, too, recently. So, like, he's entrenched. You know what I mean? So if from an advertising and promotional perspective, this makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, but here, here's the thing, though. Like, does anybody really like buying commercials? You know, when you 
Sure. This, some commercials are funny, you know, but like, let's say, uh, I think there was a, a controversy uh, just uh, j- just last year when they had, they actually put Jake from State Farm in NBA 2K. And it was a whole quest. You had to go. I get saw a that actually. From Jake from State Farm. It's like, yeah, nobody. Yeah. He was outside uh, of one of the buildings and yeah. he had like part of a story or something. Exactly. Uh, other than, other than you know, Jake from State Farm's mom and or, I don't know if he's married, maybe his mom and his wife. Who wanted that mission? Nobody. That's kind of what this is like. It's, it feels like kind of it, well, as you said, it's advertising, which sure. I say you need to advertise. But, but again, I'm more how, offended if it's somebody complete like like in that case where, as far as we know, we've not seen Jake from State Farm do anything athletically related, <laughs> even. So, like to have him in a basketball game is like a little bit weird. Like, but if you'd have had, I don't, know, I'm trying to think of somebody from like a basketball movie show up in there. That everybody knew you'd be like Woody Harrelson. Yeah, know. you'd have been like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, you see Woody Harrelson on like a black top or something, and you're like, oh, okay, I get what you're going for. This is kind of neat here, right? It would it would have came off very differently, but I think it's because you used a character that literally, other than commercials for State Farm, we've not seen him do anything related to NBA or basketball, so it feels weird. In fairness, he does do a trillion NBA commercials. <laughs> he does a lot of commercials on everything. Like, yeah. Credit to that dude, because, man, I have seen a lot of Jake from State Farm commercials. <laughs> like, I, I feel like I probably see at least one new one a month. Uh, I'm not bad at like, it. Get your bag, Jake. No, I would, too. Get I your mean, bag. And the funny thing is, that started out as, like, a tertiary character in a commercial. Right. It was that dude late night, and his wife walks in on him, yep. and he's, like, asking him a question. She's like, who are you talking to? He's like, Jake, Jake from State, State Farm. Farm. And he's, oh, really? Well, what are you wearing, Jake from State Farm? He's like, uh, khakis? <laughs> like, like, that's how that whole thing started. Like, he wasn't even the main character in a the commercial. The was white. This is yeah. Jake number two. Which, was, which I also thought was weird, because when they started using him, I was like, was that dude always black? Like, like, and I thought it was just one of those, like, Mandela effect things for a second, where I just, like, maybe I'm misremembering this commercial or whatever. And I looked it up, and I'm like, okay, I'm not crazy. But yeah, just funny stuff in general. So, they, but I get where you're coming from, right? Like people just don't like promotion. You know, I I think is the issue, and especially because you're going to charge them when it gets to this case forty dollars for promotion. So I can see a bunch of people like just kind of mildly flipping you the bird. But again, I think if you go back, you know, we look at other stuff that they've done that's spoken to an outside audience, and those have sold very well. Yeah. So. You kind of have to go like, hey, if part of the thing is expanding the reach of the game and bringing new fans in or whatever, like sometimes you're going to have promotions like this. So if we're going to do it, at least from my perspective, I'm much more okay with it when it's somebody who's at least aware of or participating in or cares about. Well, yeah, if you're going to pick community. a celebrity, Post Malone would be the one. Yeah, and the same same thing. Like I said, it applies to D&D, right? If you just went and got random celebrity and I'm just like, eh, I don't know. Like, it was kind of like a little weird to me when they had, crap, I'm going to do it again. But what's his name from uh, Machete in the commercials, right? Danny Trejo. Yeah, I was a little bit like, okay, this is a little awkward, but it's kind of. Just do it as, as black people, especially older black people do. Just call it Machete. Yeah. Whatever he's in. Look, it's Machete. Exactly. He has a name, grandma. <laughs> exactly. But nah, it, his name Machete. But it was one of those things where it was just kind of weird because I'm like, it made sense for the commercial because of his personality and character. So yeah. it sort of worked, but it felt a little awkward for it a It was minute. a great commercial. Yeah. 
But conversely, when you use Patton Oswald, it's like, well, we all know Patton Oswald's all in on the nerdiness. Right. And he talks about it in his stand-up shows. He's been on the the Agents of Shield, you know, whatever, right? We know he's deep in nerd culture. Yeah, there's nothing about Pat Oswald that if you walk into a, if you go into a comic shop and you have no idea who Pat Oswald is, he's he he looks like he fits right in. Oh yeah, he speaks nerd, and he's been on a lot of like the nerdy TV shows and whatever. So him being in magic stuff and commercials, you kind of go, yeah, that makes sense, and it feels a lot less weird. You know what I mean? Yeah, like Post Malone, like what Post Malone for real though. Yeah, and that's exactly it. And I think a lot of people felt that way till they discovered, like, oh, no, he's just not here playing. Like, the dude owns, like, 50 different decks. And he's, like, actually aware of what's going on. And he knows all the cards. And it's like, oh, no, this dude's, like, a for real magic player. <laughs> he just happens to be, you know, a multi-time award-winning artist or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's interesting, though. I mean, and I do see your point. Like, some people just don't want any promotion being done, you know, whatever. It, but we're not in that world anymore. I mean, that's one of those things as much, even if we don't like it, you kind of have to say like, we, I, old folks will say, you've already done jump that shark. You know, when now it's just, how is it being done and presented? Now, don't be wrong. Now, if, if you get mad, cause you know, they do have, I, I don't know, I'm trying, a Channing Tatum one pop up and like, yeah, feel free to, to go nuts. I ain't going to defend that. <laughs> like, It'll probably sell. Well, yeah. It probably will. Don't get me wrong. It would it's sell. Magic, the... It's Magic Mike. Here yep. you go. That's how you sell that. Yep. Magic Mike on a magic card. There you go. But all right, let's talk about a couple more things so we can start wrapping this up. This one isn't totally nerd related, but kind of because there are a lot of nerdy shows we talk about. And uh, Netflix... If you're on a budget, going to get a little more expensive if you've been sharing your passwords with people starting next year. They have decided, and I, if I remember right, they'd run a poll or, or something, a survey. Uh, it was over a year ago that I saw the results, but a very overwhelmingly large number of people were sharing their passwords on Netflix. To no surprise, we've probably all done it for a friend or a relative. Uh, I know people that even have polycools where they joke around that it's awesome because everybody has different uh, streaming platforms and they get all the different passwords to watch everything. So, you know, whatever. It's a thing people do. But I think Netflix execs saw that and went, okay, obviously we're not making a bunch of money off of these people. And how do we do so without being crazy about it? Especially if we're going to keep pushing up our budget to produce all these Netflix original shows and all this stuff. Well... To that end, they have decided, however they're going to determine this, I don't know, but whoever's not in your house or household using your account will cost you some amount of additional dollars. Now, right now, I guess they've already done this in a test market, and they said it looks like it's around three three fifty a person. So that's not crazy, all things considered. If you're sharing it with somebody, it adds $3 to your bill. Eh, I mean, it sucks if you're on a budget. Don't get me wrong. Like, because when you're on a budget and tight, like $3 every month is still going to add up at the end of the year for you. But this is a hard one for me because it's like I kind of get it from Netflix perspective. But it also feels like very nitpicky at the same time. So I, I don't know. I don't think they're in the wrong. Don't get me wrong. I, I like... 
we are kind of not using the service the way it's intended to be used. It's kind of like you knew back in the day when you'd let your neighbor like run a cable line from your house. So y'all both had cable or whatever. Like this sort of feels like that just in the new age, I guess. So it's kind of interesting that they're even turning it into a deal. But I guess this is more of a notice to just say, hey, if you are sharing somebody's stuff and you don't want to pay for it or charge them anything, try to get all your binge watching in over the holiday break coming up because uh, it may get a little tighter going into 2023. Like, I don't know, Brian, do you share any of your passwords with people? No, not, not really. really. Like, I know for sure mine's shared with a couple of folks. <laughs> Plus, mine is saved to my team. I don't even know my password. So I couldn't... Oh, I know mine. Like, yeah, but to be fair, I think currently my Netflix password is only shared with one person outside of our household. And it's really my lady's BFF. So when they get together, they're binge watching some show or whatever anyway, most of the time. Wait, anytime it actually asks me for the physical password, I got to go and find wherever we wrote it down. Yeah. See, so I, it makes sense. Yours isn't shared, but I, I think that's the only person. And, and I thought about it from that regard of, I don't know how they're going to determine this because there are a lot of situations where you may want somebody outside of your household to have the pat or be logged into their service at their house or whatever. Right. Like again, my lady goes over there. Are they saying, okay, if she logs in from her account on that TV, there's no extra charge or are they just going to look and say, okay, you signed in on this IP while your other one was signed in. So this is going to be a $3 charge this month. Or is it just some new, like, cause I, there's a weird, like, we, I think we mentioned, we talked about it, right? Where let's say you have a, a divorce situation and you share custody of the child, but each parent wants to be logged in so you can monitor what the kid's watching or whatever it is. Right. Like, does that cost you more? Because the other parent obviously isn't part of your household anymore, but there's kind of a really good reason for them to have it. So like, I, and it's only two at that point anyway. And I think you can have up to five on your account. So I don't think it even matters, but I don't know. It's an interesting, I don't know how they're going to determine it, but it's an interesting situation overall. Now, I guess the other question I was asking you is let's say you wanted to watch some nerd show on some other service that you don't have. I don't know, HBO Max or something, right? Or, I don't know, Paramount Plus or whatever. This feels like there's 50 of them. Oh, there are. It's, it's insane. Like, would you feel bad even just paying your friend? Like, yeah, I'll just give you $3 for this month so I can binge watch those shows or whatever. Oh, I wouldn't because I'm so under... This is the first time in my life I've been behind on Marvel Comics TV shows. So I'd, I would have no need to do it. Yeah, see, I guess I was about to say the same thing. I was like, I would... In in my logic of thinking, I would probably pay for it and not care. I'd just be like, hey, dude, don't worry about it. I'll just give you three bucks so I can binge watch whatever it is. You know, just give me like 30 days. Into account what's already on. Ten-year-old Brian would be so upset with me that there, that there are multiple TV shows about Marvel Comics characters that I have not watched. So, yeah, I... Yeah, and that's kind of the I'm, other thing for me, too. Is I, I, I'm good from now till next year on stuff that I need to stream. Like, oh, dude, I have so... Not even just Marvel shows. Like, there's so many, like, Umbrella Academy and whatever. Yeah. Like, there's a bunch of that stuff I hadn't even caught up on, right? So, a bunch of the original shows I haven't watched. <laughs> Fortunately, I get Disney Plus technically for free because it's part of the Hulu package. 
So that's been cool. And they they keep dropping them regularly. So I don't know that I'll ever get caught up. Yeah, that's the other thing. I'm still behind. I'm I'm like you. I think there's at least one of the movies, two of the movies, and one of the TV shows I still haven't watched. Because there's still the newest Thor, the newest Spider-Man. Uh, I guess Doctor Strange will be on there in the next like month, probably. I think Doctor Strange is, is already on. Oh, yeah. Okay, there you go. There's three. And yeah. then TV shows, I think I've watched them all now. That can't be true. There's at least one I'm missing that I haven't watched. But yeah, I did watch all of Hawkeye. Yeah, I did watch Hawkeye. I thought okay. I actually thought that was pretty solid. Okay. I watched Hawkeye, the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, we eventually got caught up watching. The last one we finished was uh, Miss Marvel. I think it was the last series that we watched. So, oh, we haven't seen She-Hulk. That's the one. I haven't watched any She-Hulk yet. I knew there was one I was missing. So, yeah, I'm with you. I still have plenty of other content out there. And even if it's not just on those platforms, there's two or three others that, you know, I didn't see any of the new Star Trek that was out there. Like, that's a whole thing I just never got into. The second uh season of evil i haven't watched that's still on my list of stuff so like there, there's so many things there's so many things so i don't even know if it matters if i'm not on other people's accounts anymore <laughs> like there's so much and because i get peacock as part of that same or of the comcast package i still have all the other wrestling stuff that, exactly because there's all like the stone cold sessions and the other podcasts and stuff there on that i haven't even watched and some of these pay-per-views were out of four hours it's just it, it takes a, one pay-per-view takes up all the time i have over the course of the weekend to watch tv yeah so it, it's and not only that it's football season so i know i'm gonna get farther behind right. on the weekend right yeah. so yeah i don't know it's weird i but i don't know three dollars feels cheap enough that i would just pay a friend for the three bucks and not care if there's something I really wanted to watch. I think I would pay three dollars, and that's and I think that's how I'm measuring it. Like they could have went greedy and made it five bucks or eight bucks or like one third of what you pay for the month or whatever. But I think three dollars for most people is less than twenty percent right now. Plus, I think everything that I everything that I, I don't have Paramount. But I think everything that I'm a huge fan of. I already have Disney the, the Disney bundle. I've already got. Uh, HBO Max. So that covers me on all the comic book TV shows I'm going to watch. Yeah, so maybe and it's not that bad. ESPN that I don't want to watch. So yeah, there's just I already pretty much have most of the stuff because you know if I like Peacock. As soon as Peacock got WWE, I bought it because I know I'm going to watch all the wrestling pay per views. Yeah, and that that if feels I, like a good deal going this, too, man. If I don't have the subscription, that means that's content I've already kind of told myself I'm just never going to get to. That's fair, because I've written off some stuff, too, that's on networks I, I don't have. But, I love Star Trek, but I, I don't have Paramount, because right now I don't even have time to watch all those shows. Also, this is kind of an interesting thing, too, and I just thought about this. Like, If people start paying this extra money, even though it's a small amount for Netflix, does that eventually put the crunch on some of the other streaming platforms? Like, if somebody's budget's only, let's say... I don't know, $50 for the month for all their streaming platforms or whatever. If this starts tapping into the budget, do people start making hard decisions on what else to cut? Because Netflix, if you're cutting streaming platforms, probably the one you're not cutting. Yeah, Netflix just has too much stuff from... Yeah, that's something that everybody in the family watches probably at least a little bit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's one of the ones you're probably not getting rid of, I would think. So that may put pressure on competition, and that may be also one of the reasons that they're doing it. So I don't know. It's interesting though. Something 
cool to talk about as it goes forward. But it's probably something we'll address again when it goes into effect after like a month and just see how we're treating it. Now, this next one's actually really interesting because YouTube had mentioned, uh, I want to say several months ago, I don't remember exactly how long, but they talked about trying to reduce the issue with scammers and people impersonating other people on the platform and whatever. Because one of the weird things about YouTube that's different than most other social platforms is that multiple people could have the same user ID, effectively. Like, your actual URL to your website would be different and all that. But as far as what people saw, you could just say you were Mr. Beast, right? You could even have a similar avatar. And that led to people getting scammed a lot. Because what happened is you would have people that, especially Mr. Beast is the extreme, but even if we're talking about like dudes on Dude Perfect or MKBHD or any of these other large channels, some of their videos get literally tens of thousands of comments. So there's no way that, you know, unless their team of people goes and scrubs the comments all day, like you're not going to see every single thing that gets posted. Well, to that end, you would get scammers that know this. So they would make a user ID that was MKBHD, similar, probably not identical avatar because they have trouble getting the exact same picture, but they get the closest thing. So you don't really notice it quickly. And then they would just go into the comments and be like, hey, when somebody's posted something positive or something about the video, don't forget to sign up for my giveaway and give a link, right? Or go do this thing to make sure we raise enough money for whatever. And obviously just using social engineering to get people to go sign up, get all their ID, and then bad things happen, right? Well, this had led to a big string where a bunch of creators were getting comments from people saying, hey, I signed up for your thing. Why didn't I get XYZ? Or... When are you going to announce the winners from this giveaway or whatever? And they're going, what the hell are you talking about? Right? It, and it kind of became the thing that unless you see somebody mention a specific thing in that video, assume it's not a real thing. But, you know, people are always hopeful. They're trusting of the creators or whatever. And, you know, they get got. So one of the things they initially talked about was setting up to where people would not be able to hide their sub count anymore because that was one way some of these scammers were getting around it. Because if you didn't see that the person, like maybe you're trying to just quick identify them or whatever. And you're like, okay, you don't see that they don't have in the case of a Mr. Beast, a hundred million subscribers. You know, if you've got like 200, obviously this isn't the same person. Even if Mr. Beast made a brand new channel this minute, by the end of the night, it's going to have 10,000 plus subscribers if he doesn't even promote it or say anything about it, right? So we know that's not a thing. So that was one way. But the next thing, and this just started going into effect last week, was people started getting handles. And basically, this is like every other social platform now. So you will see my stuff as Power Dragon. Just at symbol, Power Dragon. So you know anywhere that happens on YouTube... If you don't see that, it's not me. Same thing with all the other creators. Now, some of them, like Mr. Beast, might have Mr. Beast 6000 or whatever, because that's what he originally had as his username or whatever. But you'll know from then on, every time you see a Mr. Beast short, video, comment, whatever, it's going to have that also attached to it. So you will know 100% who it is posting stuff. So this is actually kind of a really, and it's weird because this feels like something that should have existed on YouTube a while ago since it's on every other platform. But 
credit to YouTube for acknowledging this and coming up with a couple of really simple but clean solutions to solving a problem. So I don't know how you feel about these two things, Brian. I literally just learned about them, so I'm going to take your word for it. Awesome. Okay, well, there you go. A lot of people may just be learning about this. I'm too deep into all these social things lately, trying to work on content constantly. But yeah, I'm a big fan of both of them. I I think the concern for people was that, well, if I show my sub count and people see I only have like 200, they're not going to follow me or whatever. But we've already seen that's not true, right? A lot of people share their stuff. Everybody knows. I mean, plus, they can just look at your channel. If they only see five videos, they know you're still a new channel. I mean, you're not hiding that by not having your sub count up or whatever. So that, I think, is a really good solution. And then following up with creating personalized handles, which are also good. And the handles are mostly still customizable as well. So you can set your handle to be whatever you want it to be. So if maybe your channel name is slightly different than what you use on, say, like Facebook or Twitter or whatever you can go ahead and customize it and make it the same. So all your social platforms have the same stuff, which is also kind of nice. The downside is if you do have one of those cases where you have a channel name, that's kind of generic, like, I don't know, let's say you name your channel, like the red balloon or something. Cause you were trying to be funny in a horror thing or something. And there's three or four other channels. It's kind of like whoever registers at the red balloon first. Now they're the red balloon. And now you're red balloon 28 or Instead of being the red balloon, you're just red balloon or whatever you want to do. Same thing that happens on every other social platform. So I'd imagine it's going to be a little bit of the Wild West for getting your user handles for the first couple of weeks. Though there was something I saw that somebody posted that I don't know if it was accurate or not. But I heard that larger accounts are getting them first and they were rolling down. If so, that kind of makes sense. So your largest creators get to protect their user IDs or get the rights to the user IDs first without having to make any special concessions. But again, I don't know how true that is. I didn't see that confirmed by YouTube. It's just a couple of things I saw people repeating. I'm at a midsize. There's also no other Power Dragons on YouTube. So when they went live, I get mine and it's fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like It wasn't like there was a real fight. So it's different for everybody, though. But I like this. I I like both solutions, and it's cool to see that they're addressing a real problem. And what overall, for maybe the first week is going to be, two weeks might be a little bit clunky, ends up being a pretty elegant and simple solution on both cases. So I kind of dig that. Twitch, you might want to take notes. Just saying. But all right. Let's get over to the dinner table. Because this one's going to be a pretty fun one. And the reason this is fun is I don't know what your answers are going to be here. And I don't even know if I have a good answer for my second one. (laughs) But I'm going to ask you first, Brian. Who is your favorite black character in a drama series? Oh, it has to be a series? No, it could be a drama. drama Anyway, maybe it's just a drama. It could be a movie, honestly. I think Django. That's the one that just... Uh, that's what immediately popped into my mind. I mean, I made that my ringtone. That was, like, <laughs> you were all in. Exactly. Because, you know, every time you watch, you know, 12 Years a Slave or any of those kind of movies, you're just like, man, you just you just, you just want to see the slave owners get theirs. And that movie was that perfect, you know, 
that's what you want to see happen to slave owners, basically. Wow, that's actually Say goodbye to Ms. Laura. That's fair. That's fair. I hadn't really thought about it like that, but you're right. There are a lot of those points where you're like, man, I know this isn't canon, but just like one time, you know, like, like just just go for it. Well, Haiti, you know, Haiti overthrew this. It, it happened to Haiti. That's true. That's true. So, so I get that. That's not a bad pick, though. That's 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 not one I necessarily thought you would pick, but that's that's a good one. That's a good one. Mine is the president from Twenty Four. That's a good one. The guy that eventually became the voice of Allstate. <laughs> but I think the reason for me it stood out is it was one of the first times I think I felt like there was a black character being portrayed as president that it never was really made an issue of him being black. It was like, I think it got mentioned once or so just so they could talk about like the political aspect of it. But really it was mostly about him being a leader, the things he had to deal with, with like the corrupt people under him, you know, his relationship with Jack Bauer, like there were so many elements to the character that had no. If I remember correctly, the corrupt people around him eventually came to include the first lady, right? I think <laughs> like so. Was... Yeah, yeah. Down the road. And by the way, man, he gets a like a fitting but sad death when it finally happens. You spoiler alert, even though this is from like eight years ago, but like it doesn't come for a while. So if you watch the series, I ain't ruining it. When it comes, believe me, you get blindsided anyway. So even if you know he dies eventually, you ain't gonna see it coming. But Everything about the character from even when he knew he had to make tough decisions, when he had to push people away that were close to him, you know, even his relationship with Jack, where he said, like, look, I understand you're doing what you got to do, but I can't condone this. I understand it's the right thing, but I can't be involved. You know, he didn't even do that thing of like, okay, I'm going to do this and help you out on the side or whatever. It's just like, I can buy you some time. Right. And that was it. You know, like I still got to do my job. Yeah. I still got to do my job as the president. You know, like you do what you got to do. I understand this just goes how it goes. Right. And then I think it ended up with Jack really went off the rails and ended up getting arrested or got actually not even arrested. He got kidnapped by like the Chinese consulate or whatever. So like that was crazy. But yeah, it was just such a different portrayal, at least for me, that I'd seen at that point of a black character in a power position. And we didn't really focus on him being black. It was just, he's a damn good actor. We wrote a good role for this character. Let's let him do his thing. I mean, just talk about how good actor he is. A lot of people probably realize that's the same dude that was Pedro Serrano in Major League. You know? Yeah. And, and fastballs I hit very much, curveballs I don't hit. Yeah. And he got another TV show later after yeah. that went off the air. So, like, the dude, and that, I guess that kind of, put him in the limelight as a lead role type person. Yep. But it was cool that it, even that was like for a dude who'd been around Hollywood for a while, got an opportunity. So I thought that was pretty neat. But yeah, one of honestly, one of the better characters in a drama series too, I thought. But all right. So that being said, those are dramas, very serious things. What is a black character you like in anything else? Um, you know, was, I think it was t- today on Twitter, they started the fictional deaths, you know, on a TV show that wrecked you. And I always have the same answer to that one. James Evans Sr. Ah, man. Yeah. 
God, that man, be, like, dude, I, like, you know that's good because as soon as you said that, I started feeling bad right now. Exactly. <laughs> like seriously. Not only uh, did you love the character, that basically it took to, for me the heart and soul out of that show. Like, I will still watch the episodes after James died, but yeah. I don't enjoy them nearly as much. Golly, man, you're right. That that was a good one. Damn, I that's I hadn't thought about that in ages, dude. Till you just said it. Yeah, that's a good one. I don't I don't know if I'm gonna trump that. That one that was a good one. That's 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 hard to top that one. All right, so I did think of one, and this was one. It's it's not even. Well, I probably I should have mentioned that's good times for anybody. In the audience oh yeah, that yeah, that's true. Know. That was the day. Honestly, we both know. But there's a lot of people like James Evans Senior. Who is that? But that that was the father on Good Times. Who another again? This is a forty year spoiler at this point. But the family was actually about to get out of the ghetto because he had got a, a good job. And then at the end of the episode, they get a telegram that James Evans has been killed in a car accident. Yeah, that that's what made it so effed up though. Is like. Right. You felt like as a viewer, like you've taken this like multi-seasonal thing with this family and you're like, oh, they're always struggling and barely, you know, he gets promoted. Not only is he dead, like there's at this point, it was like they're never getting out of the gap. Yeah. Like it it went from like, man, finally. And then it was just instant despair. And it was just a terrible, like I say terrible, like it was the correct thing to do because it got obviously the right emotional response. But man, that sucked. No, okay, so the one I'm thinking of, it's he wasn't even the lead character in this show. But in hindsight, I started thinking about different episodes, and then I've seen some stuff replayed online. And I've started to come around to this was the most important character in this show. And it's Carl Winslow from Family Matters. Actually, I was he was I was thinking about him too. Because, like, when you think about the show, it was centered around, like, the kids and Steve Urkel and all this stuff. But really, all the scenes were, like, or all the episodes where it's centered on Carl, like, there were so many, like, life lessons being told. You know, where he's telling the kids, like, hey, this is what happens in the world. Like, y'all can't just do this. Or having to confront other police officers and say, like, hey, you can't go treating my kids like this just because they're black or whatever. Right? Like... Things that you weren't really getting because that when people forget that was just like one of the weekly. It came on after like uh, Full House or whatever. Right. It was just one of those shows that you just got as part of their weekly programming. And it was originally pitched as a working class version of the Cosby show. But then Urkel. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great crowd reaction. And it turned into, you know, the Fonzie. Yeah. By the end of season two, the direction had to change. Like he was getting more people even when. The other co-stars were doing interviews. People asked about Urkel. So, like, you right. couldn't couldn't really avoid that. And credit to Jaleel, Jaleel White. He owned that character. Yep. Urkel and Stefan. <laughs> right. And they had one of the greatest solutions ever to the problem of the actor playing the nerd has gotten too grown and swole up to convincingly play the nerd anymore. Yeah, basically. But, yeah, so I, I was thinking about all this stuff with Carl Winslow, right? And... If you go back and watch so many of the shows where he has to be the for real concerned dad or really deal with an issue, he's dealing with stuff back then, which you're talking about, gosh, I don't know, the mid 90s that we are talking about on the show today. You know, like, and, and even as you know, you think back as a kid, you weren't really processing it to that level. 
But when people say like, oh, this is a new thing or this is whatever, it's like, no, he's literally talking about police abusing their power, you know, kids having to watch themselves after dark in certain places, you know, all these things that we've talked about on the show, right? Like, so it's crazy to think about how important that character was to television at the time. Like, we didn't even know it was that important at the time. But, you know, in hindsight, it's like, oh, yeah, I remember Carl Winslow talking about this thing. Like, so that's pretty crazy. So, yeah, that's the one when I really thought about it. I said, like, what? And I was thinking about, like, sitcoms and whatever. And that's one of the ones that really stood out to me. It's just like, man, like, the type of dude that's like, man, I would like to have that guy as an uncle. You know, like, it's like, if that dude was in my network of people, I would be super proud, you know? And and I think we're going to see, you know, since the Cosby show is going to get pretty much Thanos snapped, we're going to see Family Matters get a lot more if it's just dessert, because you'll still be able to air Family Matters. I actually thought about that. Like, those people might about to be get paid off a of syndication real quick. Yep. So good on them, because that show is high quality for people who hadn't watched it. But all right, man, we we did about a full 90 minutes plus today, so that's a good one. And if you are one of our patrons, be sure to check out the private episode this week. So uh, we we had a pretty good discussion on that today. Y'all should enjoy that one. But yeah, Brian, what's everybody that can find you on socials? All right, I am, oh, I got a new one to add. I'm writing for uh, Tilt Magazine, so please, uh, tiltmagazine.com, stop by there. I'm Brian Sionic on Twitter, YouTube, uh, Instagram, our family channel on YouTube is Alan's Ever After. And you can find me everywhere at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N on most social platforms. But yeah, keep an eye out. Some good content coming down the road. Some new things I'm working on in my studio to give you some cool different perspectives on things and just some other cool projects that I'm working on. So it's going to be a fun way to finish the year. But as always, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Please remember to take care of yourself, your family. Be aware of the air quality, depending on where you live. And remember to be awesome and be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us at our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate. Other patreon.com slash colorofmagic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at Color of MTG. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it, because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base. <laughs>